All right. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome. I'm John Davis, owner of Sarger Reds, and your host on Badges to Business. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Want to learn more about how to start a side hustle or take your current part-time gig full-time? Join us as we interview Craig Kraut of Hype Snoo Sneakers Detroit. Craig, welcome. What's going on, bud? Not much, man. Uh, how you been today? Pretty good. Good, man. You know, staying busy, same old, same old, just trying to uh, make some money. All right. Can't. Can't argue with that. All right. So first off, first question is one that I kind of have about your business. Hype Snoo sneakers. Can you? T I don't know what Hype Snoo is. If that's some kind of like, I have no idea. What is Hype Snoo <laughs> and like, how did you come up with this name? So, uh, you know, Hype's just a word that kids use with clothing, younger people. It just means like it's, it's coveted. And okay. uh, my idea was like, I was thinking of like a soup pot and it was all the different kind of shoes in it and all the different kind of clothing. And that's hype stew, man. That's you got to eat it up. All right, cool. I've always wondered that. Now, now I know. That's, that's actually pretty cool. Now you know. <laughs> <laughs> so with your business, tell us a little bit about it. First of all, um, you do sneaker resale and restoration, right? Tell us, tell us about your business, how you got into that. Man, it, it started. It's funny. Uh, it started because I bought myself a pair of sneakers, and um, I just they cost like $230, and I got them. And I just couldn't justify keeping them because I was I was seeing that they were selling for about three hundred dollars, and I never thought about selling sneakers before at all. So I uh, I took the shoes and I sold them for three hundred dollars. And then the next day I saw somebody posting another pair, and he wanted two fifty for them. So I was like, well, I just sold this pair for three hundred, made seventy five yesterday. I'm gonna buy his for two fifty, and I'm gonna sell them for three hundred again. So that same day I went, I got another pair of sneakers. I met up with a guy at about, uh, man, I met up with him at 2 a.m. And by 10 a.m. the next day, I sold the other pair of sneakers and I had made $125 in about 18 hours. And I was like, okay, I could see how this might be something that's profitable. And it started from there. It started with just one pair of sneakers and a couple hundred bucks. That's all you need to do, really. I mean, you have a lot of people that start these little side gigs and you really just need to start with a couple bucks, find something that you can you know, buy for cheap and sell for high. I mean, so sneakers was, is it something you're passionate about? I'm assuming it has to be if you're selling these things full time. Oh now, right? yeah. I mean, you know how it is. You, you do the toys and stuff. It, it starts out as something that you'd enjoy. And uh, somewhere along the way, man, you just gain enough knowledge about it. And you start seeing that this is a billion dollar industry. And at first, it seemed silly. And a lot of people, when I told them, you know, I, I had a side business where I sold sneakers, they laughed at that. They thought it was a silly idea. And I mean, I guess to some people, it might sound weird, because especially as I, I quit my, my job five months ago to do this full time, this started three years ago with a couple hundred bucks. And I just kept building and putting into it and putting into it. And, uh, you know, now I'm sitting around with about 300 pairs of sneakers in my basement. So, that's, you know, it's, it's grown pretty big. That's crazy. I mean, the, to me, like, and I guess I shouldn't be surprised by anything that people will buy, but I mean, used sneakers, I'm assuming these aren't in bad condition. I know you say you do restoration as well. I mean, are they pretty much like people get them to display? They wear them once or like, how does that work with the sneaker market? I mean, they're shoes. I would imagine they get kind of torn up, right? So a lot of these, a lot of the young kids, especially they, with social media, everybody's connected and, and unfortunately a lot of people just want to put on a show they want to look like they've got things that they don't so they buy things that you know they probably shouldn't and my goal was always kind of trying to tell especially the younger kids why waste this money buying brand new stuff for 300 dollars 
when you could find it lightly used for $125 and save the money. And, you know, because you, you want to be a part of the culture. Any kid does. There's, whether you're into sneakers, sports, uh, you could be into anything, gaming. You want to be involved in it. You want to feel a part of it. And it's expensive, man. Life's expensive. And a lot of young people especially know it. If you want to, you know, it's not a, it's not a cheap hobby to be into sneaker collections because I've had shoes that have sold for upwards of $1,500 for one pair of shoes. And, you know, that's, it's crazy because people wouldn't think that that's uh, a viable source of income, but man, there's people out here really spending money on these things. I mean, when they come out, are they that much money or do they kind of appreciate over time because they're limited editions or how uh, does that work? Right. It's, it's just more so it's a limited thing, man. It's like sometimes sneaker comes out and uh, you kind of pay attention to the market by looking at the third party vendors. Right. And it's like anything else, man. It's like the stock market. When you're watching a, a initial launch of a new stock, you're trying to pay attention to something and you're saying, you know, I see the price that this is coming in at. Is it worth buying? Is it going to appreciate? And once you study it enough, you'll understand what shoes are going to appreciate in value and which ones won't. And you kind of base it off of that. But I mean, a lot of it's just, it's not even about the shoes. And I try to tell everybody this because they don't, they don't understand the idea of this, of a small business. It's not about shoes. You're selling yourself. You're building relationships. I could be selling anything because I might two, three years from now, I might not want to do this because it's a young, it's a young man's thing. Uh, you know, the sneaker culture, usually it's not a lot of people past 40 or 50 who are really wearing sneakers or at least collectible yeah. ones. So five years from now, I could decide I want to do something else. Owning a small business, you are the business, your relationships, what you build with people, you're what's making money. The shoes, I could stop selling shoes tomorrow. People could stop wearing sneakers. I'll find another way to get back into it and to find something else to make money with. So the merchandise basically is just your vehicle to make money. It doesn't matter. Like I sell toys, like you said, you sell shoes, other people sell used clothes. I mean, it's really, you're, you're right. Right, you are selling yourself. It's, it's marketing. It's marketing yourself. Um, I mean, obviously yep. you're marketing the item as well, but no, that, that's a really good point. Now with the shoes, as they come out, do you ever speculate on new ones that are coming out and buy up, you know, multiple pairs or? Yeah. You know what? I try not to do that because I think it's unfair to consumers. Um, you know, it's one thing to make money. But it's another thing when there's a lot of guys locally and they'll have what's called uh, backdoor deals and they might get 100 pairs of Yeezys that come out, these expensive shoes, and they'll make deals with the management at these stores locally. And that's kind of how they do their business. And I don't knock anybody for their hustle. But me personally, I feel a little guilty about that because I feel like you're cheating consumers out of products that they, you know, I don't want to charge somebody money for something that they wanted that they could have gotten if I wasn't grabbing all of them myself because of connections that I had. So I like to focus on the used stuff because A, it's good for the environment. I'm not, uh, you don't know how many pairs of shoes I've gotten that people are about to throw out. And all I do, man, I clean them up. You learn how to clean these things. You learn how to repaint them. You learn how to repurpose the leather. Uh, you know, you disinfect them and the shoes are as good as new, man. You can use them again for another year or two. So you're taking things, and that's with any resale. One thing I really appreciate about resale is you, you're putting something into the environment. You're, you're helping by recycling and re repurposing things that would have otherwise been in a trash heap somewhere. Yeah, And that's, that's the real thing. Life. That's what I like, the used ones, right? All right, cool. So what platforms do you normally sell on? I mean, are you doing eBay, Poshmark? I mean, what kind of, where do you sell your, your shoes? 
So the big sneaker uh, third-party vendors would be StockX, which is where you can sell brand new sneakers. That's Dan Gilbert's company. He's uh, it's actually located in Detroit. The headquarters is uh, that's I sell a, a bit on there. eBay, of course, you know, eBay still, I mean, eBay starting to slow down, but it's still the standard. And honestly, most of it is through my social media. I'm building my website right now and I'm launching that within the next month, but social media, man, people buy more and more from social media and my Facebook and my Instagram are probably about 25% of my sales right now. Really? Yeah. Social media is the great equalizer. Yeah. I mean, you don't need to have a giant store. You can basically get on there and, you know, spread your merchandise and spread the word, you know, get people interested in your and product. Um, so you touch on it. It's tough though, because you're starting from nothing. You're starting from nothing with the social media. Like, you know, when you first started or when I first started, man, I didn't have a single follower. I didn't even have family and friends because to be honest, I was kind of embarrassed. I didn't want to ask them, Hey, you know, follow me or whatever. So I just built it organically. And my Instagram's up to over 600 followers. My Facebook page is damn near a thousand followers. And it just snowballed, man. It's all about content. You're creating content. And if you are active, you're going to build. People are going to follow you, especially if you're selling things that they want. Because at the end of the day, if you want to be an entrepreneur, it's really simple. You're providing consumers with something that they want at a cost that's effective to them. And that's really one thing that, you know, I try to focus on is just making sure that I'm, I'm putting things out there that people are interested in. And I'm making sure that I'm doing so at a price that they would be interested in buying at. Yeah. I mean, it's basically, you know, supply demand, whether it's a you know sneaker or a toy. Um, so, you know, starting your own business, you went full time with this. You had a, a job that you recently left, you said, what, five months ago? And you just started taking this full time. Yep. We're, we're basically, on, basically on the same kind of, um, you know, timeline, yep. right? Same, yeah, you know, timeline, you know? right. So I, I know you're following after what I did. I mean, it's, it's cool. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so starting your business, is, it's, it's a big deal, man. What's your proudest moment of doing this? Or like, what, what was kind of like that, oh, my God, I'm actually doing this moment for you with uh, Hype Snoo take, taking it full time? I mean, really, I just wasn't happy at my job. And uh, I just dreaded going to work, man. I always knew I didn't want to work a nine to five my whole life. I always had that feeling in my gut going to work. And I would just be like, man, I don't want to punch this clock. I don't, I didn't enjoy working for somebody else. I wanted to have my own hours. I mean, I'd have sleepless nights because I'd be so stressed out about work. And actually, right before I quit, they were leaning on me to uh, take a promotion and to take a different job. Um, the managers were kind of, you know, trying to vet me to do something uh, with the company to continue my career with them. And it got to a point where I was so stressed over this idea because you hear, you know, they want to give me more money. They wanted to give me good money. And it's so much pressure. It's pressure from society. It's pressure from my family. It's pressure from wanting to start a family of my own. Um, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where you think to yourself, how can I pass this up? How can I pass this up? But at the end of the day, man, I just wasn't happy. And I said to myself, what if I just went all in? What if I just went all in on my business and, and I trusted myself? And I'll be honest, I couldn't have done it without my support system with my wife, um, you know, my family. They supported me to the fullest. A lot of other people, I'm not going to lie, when I tell them what I do, they kind of get a chuckle out of it. And, uh, you know, I, you can't worry about what other people think about that because people are scared of what they don't understand. And, and they fear this idea of working for themselves because it's so ingrained in our society 
that we need to work for someone else to get money. We need to make sure that we're working for somebody else to be safe. It's the safe route. It's what you're supposed to do as an American. You get a good job. You build your house, the white picket fence. But starting your own business, it's going against all that stuff. And the funny thing is, is this is a new concept because back in the day, it was always small businesses. Everybody yeah. was, you know, everything was a small business. But now with all this big box stuff, you know, it, we're all so scared to follow our dreams. And that's one thing where I said, you know what? They offered me this job. It was a good job. It paid a lot of money, more money than, you know, my parents were ever making. And I didn't care. I, I just said to myself, I can't do this. I can't keep going to work and being unhappy uh, with what I'm doing every day. And I said, I'm going to take a chance on myself and worse comes to worse. Uh, if it doesn't succeed, I'll pick myself up and I'll figure it out. Yeah, no, I'm in the same boat as you were with that. I mean, you tell people you sell toys, they kind of look at you like you're crazy. Mm -hmm. um, but it's right. kind of scary, you know, leaving, you know, the security of having that job. But if you're anything like I was, you're basically working two jobs because you're doing your side hustle, you know, and you probably were putting a lot of energy and effort into that. And then you're going to your full-time job and you're doing that. So, I mean, you're working a lot of hours. And I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, that, that was my um, situation. But with yours, was it the same thing where you're basically just 24-7 almost oh, grinding? Yeah. Um, you know, my wife was, uh, she used to not be thrilled about how much time was getting spent because I'd come home from work. And we'd eat dinner together. And then after that, man, it was like I'm on my phone for four or five hours straight. And then I'm taking pictures of inventory. And you're just putting in hours and hours. And even now, because I'm just starting off, I'm only five months in, I still got to put in 60, 70 hours because I got to push right now. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's what it is. It, it is. it is what it is right now. When you start up a business, man, if you're not going full throttle to it, you know, you kind of get what you put in. And I'm okay with going hard right now because I know the payoffs in the long run. That's when I get to take it easy a little more. I get to decide my own hours, um, you know, and, and that's what I'm looking forward to. And I wish I would have done this 10 years ago. Yeah, no, definitely. You know? I mean, the longer you do it, I mean, because you keep going, you learn new tricks of the trade and new tools that you can use and everything. So what advice would you right. have for a young entrepreneur, you know, who wanted to start a side gig or a side hustle to kind of maybe get started a little earlier than the two of us got started? Um, with our stuff, uh, what, what I, advice do you have for them? I try to tell this to kids all the time. I get a lot of younger guys because, you know, sneaker culture, it's a lot of younger kids. And they're always asking me, you know, what do, how do I do this? You know, and, and they think it, but they think it's easy. They think it's like, uh -huh. you're just going to like be like, hey, I'm going to put $500 into this. And like a year later, you know, you're, you're killing it. It's my biggest piece of advice is just keep doing it because there's times where you want to quit there's times where it's like man i've had one sale this week i've made 40 dollars this week i want to quit and you got to just tell yourself it will turn around because it will as long as you're continuing to put out content social media is such a powerful thing and if you're putting out content and if you have followers and you're an you're an influencer of any kind you will get people buying your product it just it's ours, man. It really is. It's all about just building relationships and putting in work. Because if you put the work in, the money comes. The money's easy. The money's the easiest part of all of it. Anybody can make money. It's about building relationships, sustaining those relationships, and continuing to bring in money and continuing to bring in customers. Yeah, it's definitely not easy. I mean, people you know, think that you start doing this and you become successful overnight. It, it doesn't happen that way. You know, I was doing it as a side hustle, no. probably six years before I was able to kind of cut the chains of that, uh, 
you know, I would say nine to five, but that four thirty to four thirty, I was working. Um, it, right. it, it, it it takes a lot of time and a lot of work. And when people look at it, I used to have people always tell me, "Oh, you got that easy eBay money," and I'd look at them like they were crazy. I was like, "There's nothing easy <laughs> about this money." I mean, it, you're you're working, yeah. you're hustling. It, it's not an easy thing. So, um, on the flip side, you know, your proudest moment and how you did that what was uh, like your your biggest misstep or your biggest kind of regret that you took along the way, other than you know maybe not starting it earlier with pipes too. Uh, when I started, it was just it wasn't always the right moves. You got to kind of take your bumps. You got to lose some money. And I'd say for about the first four months, I didn't really know what to buy, what to sell. I didn't know what my price point was. I didn't know what to do, period. So I'm just taking a stab at stuff. And I mean, I still have inventory to this day that's two years old. And at any time I could decide to cut it and sell it for you know what I paid for it. But I just keep it in stock just because it's always good to have inventory. But uh, yeah, man, buying stuff that didn't sell for shit was uh, something that happened quite a bit. I, I definitely have some shoes that um, I'll be lucky if I if I don't lose more than 30, 40 bucks on them. And yeah. it's a part of it, man. You're not you're not just going to. That's the promise. People think you're just going to come in firing on all cylinders. And it's like, man, like this is easy. Uh, you know, I had a guy hit me up before and he's like, hey, these shoes are coming out tomorrow. Um, they're selling for five hundred dollars. Should I get them? And I said, yeah, you should get them, but you're not going to be able to because they're selling for $500. If you think you're the only person who knows this, it's you just got to put in your hours and figure out what the inventory is worth. And now I can look at shoes and I haven't lost a dime on a shoe in, I don't know, over a year. But that first like half year when I started, I look at my spreadsheet and there was a lot of red in those shoes. Yeah. And I questioned myself a lot. I was like, man do I really understand this? Do I really know how to run a business? Um, you know, is this something I should reconsider? And I just kept learning from my mistakes and, you know, eventually it turned into a place where I understood the market and helped a lot. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it, it, there's a definitely a learning curve to anything new you do, but with, you know, running your own business, you're trying to make money, you're trying to do all this stuff. So what would you tell a new entrepreneur on the flip side to help him avoid some of those bumps that you had to endure? I mean, obviously he'll have his own, but what can you give them as advice to kind of help them from having some of those same issues, I guess, that you had? You've got to study the market. You've got to know what is selling. What is something that is coveted? Because there's so many new releases, especially in the sneaker game. Uh, people are getting to the point where there's a lot of people who want to do resale. But a lot of these guys are losing their ass because they don't know what sells they they yeah. think that oh i'm gonna buy this because it's a limited jordan but it's not it's a general release you've got to check those third-party markets that StockX, the goat you've got to see what they're selling for the day before release and if they're selling for retail the day before release what what do you think they're going to be selling for on release day yeah shit they're gonna they're gonna go under they're gonna be selling less than you're gonna lose money on it so i didn't research enough on that and also with the used shoe market there's really not a benchmark to decide how the market goes because for the new shoes, it is primarily what they're selling for on eBay and StockX. There's a benchmark. You know what it's going to sell. You can expect it. With the used shoes, uh, they have some bidding websites, but there's really no standard. And that's what I hope to create is the standard for lightly used sneakers. I want to be the place where people go to get authentic sneakers uh, that they know are going to be in good condition 
And, you know, my, my price points are fair. I'm not trying to kill anybody with my margins. I make enough to where I make a good living. But beyond that, man, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to get rich making people poor by buying my stuff. That's yeah. not what I'm about at all. Well, let's rewind just a second. You just touched on something. Um, you said you want to kind of have the market for authentic sneakers. Is there a big, like, black market of, like, counterfeit oh, sneakers? Oh, man. It, first off, I don't like saying anything bad about eBay because I make a lot of money on eBay. Uh, but, man, is there a lot of fake sneakers on eBay. I'd say about I, – I source from eBay. I buy collections from collectors. Uh, people are always like, where do you get these sneakers? How do you get them from so cheap? Well, a lot of times it's because I'm buying 30 pairs of shoes from somebody. So, you know, you get a price break on that, just like anything else, just like a liquor store pays, you know, uh, $5 for a bottle of rum that they sell for $9. It's because they're buying 400 of them a year. Man, with the fake sneakers, I probably return about 50% of the stuff I get from eBay. Really? Because there's bootlegs, and they're so good that the common person – would never have a clue. They're buying fake shoes and some people are okay with it because mm -hmm. they're like, well, if the, if the fakes are that close to the real sneakers, who cares? And yeah. for those people, Hey man, you know, do what you do. I, I don't, I don't care what people have on their feet. I don't really think about what another person's wearing. Uh, but I will say that there's a lot of people in the sneaker game and in life in general that don't want to buy knockoff stuff because they think that they're getting real stuff. And I'll tell you on eBay, it's a real problem. And I think that it's really starting to bite into eBay's business, which is why I'm really starting to put money into my own website. Um, and once I launch that, I'm hoping that I can take a lot of my business away from what I'm going through with eBay. Yeah, you want to deal with fees and all that stuff. I know there's a lot of counterfeits in the market, yeah. hard market too. And you just kind of, you know, buy a card and you're like, wait, this isn't real. So you kind of have to learn how to tell the difference. So what are like some of the things that people can look for with sneakers? I mean, to tell they're fake. I mean, is the name spelled wrong uh, or the you, logo's wrong? Or? You know what? Hold on. I'm going to take my shoe off and I'll show you some stuff. I got, I got my this sneaker on my feet. We have a guest taking his shoes so, off. <laughs> well, I'm actually naked from the waist down. I'm porky pigging right now. You guys just don't know it. Because okay, I well. I'm not really. I'm not anyway. really. <laughs> so uh, it could be something as simple as the placement of this tag. Uh, this is supposed to match up in the middle of the laces. Yeah. Um, in, in the back this jump man could be a little bit off. This could be a little bit off. The patent leather cut right here might be a little bit off. It's the smallest things to give it away. There's details on the boxes that give it away. I mean, yeah. it's just, it, it, once you know it, you know it. And, you know, I'm sure you go through it with the, uh, with the cards. It's crazy because the replicas are so good sometimes and you're like, shit, but it, it's, it's a, that's why you've got to build your reputation though. That's why you have to build these relationships because when people trust you, well, then all of a sudden they know, hey, I could buy sneakers from these kids down the street. And in Detroit, there's a lot of people who try to sell sneakers. They could say, hey, I could buy these from this guy down the street. But, you know, they're probably not real. You yeah. know, half the times they're not. And if you're reputable and you build relationships with people, that's a big difference between the two. Have you ever told someone, hey, man, like your shoes are fake that you've tried to buy in person? Like what kind of reaction do you oh. get? Well, sometimes they know it. Sometimes they come to you. If somebody's meeting up with you and they don't make eye contact, I immediately understand what's going on. You know, I, the first thing I do in any business is I'm shaking hands with you, um, whether it's a, a guy, a girl, I'm shaking hands, be introducing myself, asking how your day is. And I'm looking you in the eyes the whole time I do it. 
And, you know, these, a lot of these kids are trying to get over on people. It's not just kids, it's adults too. The people mm-hmm. on eBay, they do the same thing, man. They know damn well they're selling fake stuff. Uh, but a lot of times they don't know. And I don't hold it against them. I just try to educate them as much as I can because, you know, especially where we're at, we're in Detroit. If you were to try to sell a fake sneaker to somebody who, you know, decided to be an aggressor, you don't want to put yourself in that position. So if they have fake pair of shoes, I just let them know, hey, man, uh, you know, I don't, I, whatever you're doing is your business. If you want to sell fake stuff to people, that's your business. But these are fake. And if I were you, I'd probably chill out because it's not going to lead to anything good for you. You're going to ruin your reputation. And who wants to be known as somebody who's trying to rip people off? Yeah, that's good advice. You know, try to treat people the way you'd want to be treated, basically. I mean, that's kind of that sure. rule that you learned as a kid. Um, but sometimes I think greed takes a hold and people just want to do what they need to do to make the money. <laughs> Um, especially so we, with especially with some of these i mean if you're spending five hundred dollars on a pair of shoes money and yeah man that's a lot of money that's like that's money that people can't afford to to lose out on and the thing is with sneakers is they retain value um you could buy a pair of sneakers for three or four hundred dollars and it's just like any other collectible it could gain value in time or you could wear them and it could decrease some value but it still maintains something you can still sell it and people don't realize that they throw away their old shoes. Well, if you've got a good pair of shoes or especially an old pair of shoes in the back of your closet from back when you were in high school, there's a pair of Jordans in there that you used to play basketball in. You could pull those out and sell those for $75. I just went to my mom's house two months ago and I was like, you know what? I wonder what's in my closet upstairs. And I went, I looked and there was three pairs of shoes in there and I looked at them and they were pretty beat up. And I said, I'm going to clean these up. A lot of people don't realize with sneakers, it's, it's pretty easy to clean it. Once you use the right solutions, uh, if you ever have a scuff on your shoe, take a little nail polish, put it on a rag, you'll get your scuff out if there's a paint scuff right there. But it's, it's one of those things where I took those shoes that were in my parents' basement, and I ended up selling those three pairs of shoes for $150. And they were just sitting in the basement. They would have gotten thrown out eventually. I sold them for 150 after I cleaned them up. That's crazy. So we've been talking a lot about social media. Um and how you got to kind of grow your, your brand and everything. Are there any influencers that you follow that you would recommend the new entrepreneur kind of follow to get some good advice? Or have you listened to anybody other than me, obviously? <laughs> I'll tell you, uh, I started following uh, Nicole State after I saw you get interviewed by her sometime back. And she's incredible. Yeah, and the yeah. stuff that she does, the amount of inventory she goes through is like, because yeah. I tried to sell some, I tried to sell some clothes on eBay and uh, I've gotten lucky with a few things, but for the most part, that's a pretty hard business. And she runs through Killed stuff. It, man. Uh, <laughs> she really, she really does. Aside from that, though, I mean, a lot of it's just local guys uh, building relationships with people who are influencers, whether it be a local rapper or, um, you know, a local videographer or anybody who has influence. That's like the new social media. That's like, that's the thing that's going to change the game. They don't sell cosmetics anymore through doing you know ads on television they sell them through kylie jenner they sell them through people who are on their social medias promoting this stuff and it's it's changing the game because it's just not it's not the world that we're used to and that's social media is everything from now until something i don't know the next big thing comes yep if we can figure that out um (laughs) Where do you go from here with Hype Stew? What's your plans going forward? I know you said you had your own website getting ready to launch here in a little bit, but what else do you got going on? Anything in the future that you can tell us? We don't want any uh, deep, dark secrets to, you know, trade. No, uh, 
you know, I'm I'm looking at opening shop at some point. But right now, I'm making good enough money on my website uh, or through my social. So I'm really hoping that once I push that website, I'll be able to take a little bit of my stuff away from eBay because, um, you know, you know, as well as anybody, you get those six, seven hundred dollar fees at the end of the month that you're paying to them. Yeah, it stings fun. a little bit. And you, you think to yourself, man, it would be nice if I didn't have to pay that 10 percent. Uh, but I'm thinking about open up a shop with opening a shop. The whole thing is you can also do consignment. Yeah. Uh, you can do restorations. People can come and get their shoes restored now. So there's definitely a market for it. And it's it's up in the air for the time being. But right now I'm just focusing on, you know, continuing to put content out and just keep growing and growing. I'm, uh, I, I was hoping actually my goals for this year, I've actually exceeded them already as far as what I wanted to be pulling in wow. uh, per month profit as far as how big I wanted to grow my inventory, I've already exceeded my goals and it's only been five months, man. It's, you know, it's, that's what I'm telling people. Like I really doubted myself for a long time about doing this. And now that I've started doing it, I look at it and I'm like, I'm crushing what I thought I was going to do. And I think anybody can do it. If you have, if you have a passion, there's nothing wrong with working for somebody. First off, let me say that. That's, that's great, man. If you like what you're doing and you enjoy your work, Hey, all power to you. I didn't like what I was doing and I wanted a different lane for myself. And I am so happy that I started doing what I did because I love it, man. I get to choose my own hours and I'm building and I get to watch it build from the ground up. And I love that. That's awesome. Uh, so there's a question here, Aaron, uh, who's the other host on uh, Badges of Business Series watching. He said, why are, you, why are you waiting to launch? I'm assuming the website. Why not pull the trigger? Are you just building it now? Is, is that what the deal is with? Yeah. Yeah, so I was um, I was building my website through somebody at first. I wanted to pay somebody to build the website. And then I kind of thought to myself, you pay somebody to build your website. The moment you run into problems, who do you go to? You got to spend more money by going to somebody. So the biggest thing with my business is I just keep trying to teach myself everything I can, whether it be Google AdWords, Facebook marketing, Instagram marketing. Uh, I want to do more YouTube videos going forward. So if I build my website, I'm the person who's in control of everything and I get to, you know, not have to go to somebody else to answer questions as long as I'm the person. And it's, it's, it's time consuming. That's the one thing is I'm so busy as is right now, but uh, that's really the reason why I, I'm waiting for the launch is because I'm trying to put it together myself as much as I can. Cause I'll tell you, man, building a website is not fun yeah. and I don't know shit. <laughs> I don't, I don't know any of this stuff. That's why my so better half does all the learning stuff. Process. I am doing that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll yeah, stick to sourcing and selling. She can build a website. <laughs> but, uh, right. so like other than the website, social media, what else do you use to kind of like what tools and stuff do you use to be successful? I mean, do you have like a, a studio where you do your pictures of all your sneakers or like, do you do videos of like the restorations? I think that'd be something people might be interested in watching. Like how oh, to totally. sneakers. People love that. Yeah, yeah. I just, I, oh man, it's crazy because some of the times you look and they'll have the same video 30 times and each one has 500 views, 500,000 views. And I'm like, it's the same thing as the last video. But uh, yeah, man, <laughs> I, it, I definitely, I definitely think there's a market for doing the video tutorials. I have one of them. Uh, I've only posted one that I did like six months ago and it was how to machine wash your Jordan sneakers because people don't know that you can do that. Uh, no. You can throw sneakers in the washing machine and it, it doesn't do anything. I mean, even if they're a collectible sneaker, you just tie them up in pillowcases and you make sure the water's on cold. And if you put them in there, because the water's on cold, it won't heat the glue up to separate from the sole. 
and you could just wash your shoes, man. It's no, crazy. Man. Wash it, I did or... it a few times. Uh, just a gentle wash uh. um, for 30 minutes or so. And man, you'd be shocked if you saw some of this. So I made a video doing that. And I think that's up to over 3000 views. I just put it up. I forgot all about it. I checked uh, a couple weeks ago and it was at about 3000 views. And I was like, shit, I forgot that I made that completely. So yeah, there's definitely uh there's definitely some content to be had with doing the instructional stuff because people don't know how easy it is. I'll take a pair of shoes. I'll repaint the whole shoe. If it's got scuffs on it, I'll just take the scuffs off, repaint the whole shoe and sell it for uh you know, a pretty good margin. And it's, it's easy work. And the buyers are happy with it too, because they're basically getting a brand new shoe for one third, one fourth of what the market value of it is. What do you paint the shoe with? And when you do that, do you let them know, Hey, this has been refurbished or repainted or. Oh yeah. You have to, if you don't, you're a dick, you know, you're <laughs> selling people refurbished stuff. Like that's not cool. So I always let everybody know what you use is Angelus. Uh, what I personally use is Angelus leather paint. It's, okay. um, so it's a leather based paint. acrylic. Yeah, yep. It's meant for leather work, uh, primarily for sneakers. And then I use a uh, finisher from Rayleigh, uh, Riley Restoration. And there's also, I mean, there's all sorts of stuff that you can do this, like to clean your laces. I'll take laces and I'll put them in a, a pop bottle and I'll, I'll shove them in there with some bleach and some water and shake it up. And, you know, the laces look brand new again. It's It's crazy how much you can do to just clean these sneakers up. And it takes you about 10 minutes and they'll look like they're almost brand new again. So for those of you who are not in Michigan, a pop bottle is a soda bottle. Uh, oh, man. Hey, I, I have to get back into that mindset. So we got another question down here. Um, if you build how to's, um, the search is uh, on it being traffic for long term. So it's more of a statement, I guess. Uh, D. Roman is saying if you build these tutorials, you know, you kind of link to your other sites to to drive that traffic. Right. So yep, and that's 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 all about content. If you've got the time, and right now, unfortunately, I'm just going so hard that I don't have a lot of extra time. But if you've got the time and the resources to do the tutorials, absolutely, you're driving content to your business. At the end of the day, if you want a successful website, it's about one thing. You need to get those crawlers on Google to pick you up and put you on the first page. Yeah. If you were on that first page, you're golden, right? If you're on that fifth page, nobody's finding you unless yeah. you're doing a paid Google search. That's the only way. So content, 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 uh, just blogging, doing videos. If you put enough time in, dude, you will start to accumulate a following because whatever you're interested, chances are there's other people who are interested in it too. And, you know, that's the one thing that I found is I'm starting to build connections with a lot of these people around the area who are big sneakerheads. And I love it, man, because it's like, dude, I get to do this for a living. I just sit around and talk about sneakers and sports yeah. and hip hop music and like all the stuff that the culture comes with. And it's all the stuff that my whole life I've been such a big fan of. And it's, it's amazing to make money and to build these relationships with these people and these customers. Dude, I love my customers. They're cool yeah. as shit. We get along great. Every time I meet with these people, half times I'm chopping it up with them for 10, 15 minutes when I sell them a shoe. And, you know, we talk about what we used to wear when we were kids in high school. And if they're young, younger kids, a lot of times they're like, man, how did you start this business? What can I do to do the same? And I love giving them that knowledge, too, because there's nothing better than empowering people to believe in themselves 
and to build, man, build your own thing. Yeah. You don't have to follow another lane. If you're not happy with what you're doing, st start researching now to try to figure out what you're passionate about and follow that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's awesome to be able to do what you love and make money doing it and being part of that culture that you enjoy. Like, I love the geek culture. I love dealing with all the, you know, the old toys and the gaming stuff and all that. Um, right. So it's, it's, it's cool. I mean, now with you, you have any other sources of income? Like, correct me if I'm wrong, you have like another side gig too, right? Don't you do like videography? Or yeah. Yeah, so a buddy of mine and uh, we, a buddy of mine, Wojciech and I, we own a videography company and uh, we've been doing that for about three, four years. We shoot weddings primarily. So I always had that on the side, and I was making a little bit doing that. And then I had this on the side, and I was making a little bit of money with the sneakers. And then I had my full-time gig. So that was one thing, too, is that I knew that I had different avenues to pull money from where if you're working hard enough, you're going you're gonna to be fine. It's just about trying to figure out what you're passionate about because once you're passionate about something – it's it's not hard to make money. You love what you're doing. You don't think about like, man, I just put in 14 hours today. Yeah, it's not a job. I don't think like that. No, it's not at all. It's just I wake up and I'm like, you know, I don't have to work right now. I don't. I could just chill and watch The Office on the couch and, uh, you know, have a beer and just chill if I wanted to. Yeah. But I wake up and the first thing I want to do is like, I want to get to it, man. I'm ready for it. I'm going to go half my day spent with my hands in another dude's sneaker, cleaning his shoes out and uh, preparing to disinfect and sell these shoes. It's not glamorous. This shit isn't glamorous. No, no, but it's not. I love what I'm doing. No, it's not. It's not. It's it's tough, man. But I love it. I love meeting these people, and it's like a treasure hunt because 100%. it's just the the appeal of all those shows, American Picker, uh, the storage unit ones. People love this idea of finding something, of getting a little treasure, making yeah. some profit off of something that somebody else would have thrown away. It's the same thing with the sneakers, man. I got a pair of Jordans off of eBay. True story. About five, six months ago, I got a pair of Jordans off of eBay and they came with a free jersey with it. Yeah. And the bid was for like a hundred bucks and the sneakers were worth a buck 50. So I was like, all right, I'm going to buy these. Definitely. I ended up winning the auction for a hundred bucks. He ships them out to me. I see this, the jersey with it. The jersey is an authentic Michael Jordan jersey made for the Chicago Bulls, meant for in-game wear. It has all the signs on the really? inside that show that it was tailored for Michael Jordan to wear in a game. Now, it was never game-worn because they date them. I did my research on this, and I talked to a collector, uh, but it was made for him. So this authentic jersey is worth $400. And the guy who sold it to me... Yeah, the guy who sold it to me had no idea. It just came as a throw-in with my sneakers. And it's stuff like that, man. Oh, you get something like that, that's, ooh, that's a good feeling. I like that. I feel like I'm getting some treasure out of that. Yeah, no, everyone wants to have that little treasure hunt. It's the same thing when I buy a bunch of cards, especially if I buy a bulk collection, and I'll sit there and go through right. and go, oh, wait, look at this. And you'll find stuff that's either shot up in price or whatever. It's <laughs> it's a little thrill, I'm not going to lie. It's, 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 it's part of what makes us enjoyable, you know? So, right. Um, so you just primarily sell Jordans or is it there are other brands that you do? Is there a market for other shoes? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's primarily Jordans for me just because that's the market I know and that's the products that I know. But I also sell like the Adidas, the Yeezys, uh, Nikes, Air Maxes, you know, anything that is, is coveted by people is something I'm looking at. Uh, as long as I have the resources to authenticate it myself, 
because if I can't authenticate it, I'm not going to sell it because my reputation is too important. Yeah, uh, it wouldn't be worth it. Yeah. If I end up slipping up one time and one of these guys on one of these sneaker blogs calls me out, uh, you know, even if it's not true, that's the funny thing about social media is if you have bad blood with somebody and I try to tell this to anybody I can, you never burn a bridge and you never insult people. You want everybody to at least be neutral with you. Cause yeah. if somebody wants to say, Hey, your business is bad. You sell bad stuff. And they put that on social media, even if it's not true, it could take man, people could believe it. And it happens pretty often, I think. So I make sure that I'm never selling anything fake because my reputation means too much to me. Yeah, I mean, you got, you have to have integrity in your business and it's worth more than the, you know, 100, 200 bucks you make from a couple sales. And I think that's very right, important. Right. Any business, not just, you know, reselling, any business that you do or any kind of service that you have, if you're not being honest with your customers, you're not going to be in business long or you're not going to be very successful. Yep. So do yep. you plan on expanding past shoes at any point or is it just you're going to stick with the shoes or you're going to go with jerseys? I mean or other stuff that kind of goes with that. So there's a, there's a lot of things that uh, people dabble into when they open up sneaker stores and stuff like that. When I open up my, my storefront down the road, if I do, because I'm, I'm still not positive I'm ready for that overhead, uh, I probably would expand into some jerseys and some collectibles and stuff like that. There's some pretty cool shops around town and they all have, you know, a variety of different things because you always want to have inventory. You always want to have things that keep people interested. You need new stuff coming in. And that's something too, if you're a business owner, you always have to be interesting. And that's being a social influencer. That's being a business owner. You either have to be entertaining or interesting. And by keeping new stuff coming in, you're continuing to keep people intrigued with your products and you're continuing to build content. So in time, I might introduce more things, but right now, uh, my basement has like 300 sneakers in it, and my wife's probably not going to go for this, uh, expanding too much more. We're actually moving. We just bought a house, and a big selling point was because it has a separate storage facility, and, uh, you know, it's it's I needed it pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> so, with the, the business, have you ever thought about cleaning or restoring other people's sneakers for a free, or do you do that now? Like if I came to you with my Jordans, yeah. I own no Jordans. I, I don't even know what brand my shoes yeah. are. I um, would, I would, would love you, to see you in some Jordans. <laughs> hey man, I could rock those things. Come on, I'd look at them. Kicks. Pretty cool. Is that still a term on the street? <laughs> kicks? Do we? Do people say that still? Yeah, yeah, it's still a relevant term. Oh, I'll keep using that term. term. I've never used that term. But um, I mean, I the, think uh, the restoration there, right? stuff. There's totally a market for it. And there's actually a local guy who's got three shops. Uh, he calls himself the Sneaker Doctors. I'm pretty sure his name. I'm plugging other guys' businesses in this now. Hey. Uh, I've never actually went to him, but that's his whole business, man. He has people come in with their collectible shoes, and he does repaints and, and refurbishments to them. He, he, you know, he cleans them up. And at this point, it's just I'm too busy with what I'm doing. Yeah. But if I had a shop, if I had a shop, and I'm sitting in that shop for six, seven hours a day, then yeah, I definitely take on some other people's projects to do repaints and stuff like that. But right now I, I kind of try to just educate people on how to do it themselves because right. why go and pay somebody 50, $60 to do something that you could do in two hours with $5 worth of resource. There's no reason to man. People are too scared to try things for themselves. And I'd love to help people believe in themselves a little bit more in their skills because it's not that hard to clean shoes or to paint them, man. It's, it's, it's not rocket science. Yeah, a lot of times I don't even know if it's about actually being able to do it or not being able to do it. It's really you're, you're paying you for your time 
to be able to do because I know there's sure. stuff that I could do myself and I'm like I just don't have time like you said I don't have time to do this I'm you know trying to be dad I'm trying to be husband I'm trying to run a business I'm trying to source material do social media do interviews do all this stuff right. so I, I don't have time to cut the grass so you know I'll pay the neighborhood kid you know ten dollars to do it and there's nothing wrong More there's time. nothing wrong with that and if I if I open up ten dollars who the hell is cutting your lawn for $10? I don't know they want <laughs> I haven't cut it yet. So if, if I did open up the shop, um, the first thing I'd do is hire somebody to do restorations. I'd teach them. I'd train them how to do it. Because once you build enough, you've got to bring in other people. It's, yeah. it's too much work. You know, I'm, I'm already at the point. We're just sourcing alone. And you know this. Sourcing's a pain. It it's a pain we ask to source. Right. Because I've got to, if I'm selling an average of two to three shoes a day, making my average margin of, you know, whatever, $50 a pair of shoes. That's what I have to move to be able to sustain and to make the amount of money where I feel comfortable living and having this as my full-time job. Well, if I'm selling three pairs of shoes, I need to be buying four pairs of shoes a yeah. day because I need to keep my business growing and I need new inventory coming in. So that's the tough part, man, is the sourcing stuff. And that's where owning a storefront, and I've told you this before too, owning a storefront, it's a good thing in the sense that it does bring people to your doorstep and they can trade, they can do consignment. And when you're doing consignment, all of a sudden now you're filling your, your shelves with other people's product. Yeah. And that to me is worth it alone to open up a storefront. Uh, a lot of people say brick and mortar are dead, but when you're doing what you and I are doing and you're selling used stuff or collectibles, now nah, brick and mortar is not dead because people want to go and see that. They want to see what they're buying. They don't just trust things to see it online. Now, that's another thing you asked me about that I didn't get a chance to answer. Uh, I, I made myself a professional photo booth because I wanted to be able to take professional level photos of yeah. my products. So I could put them on my website. So I could put them on eBay. It sells better and it shows the defects a little cleaner. And, you know, that's, that's huge for people too. When you're starting off selling stuff, if you're starting a resale company, you got to have clean pictures. Yeah. If you don't have clean pictures and your stuff looks like you don't take care of it, why else would somebody else buy it? It looks like garbage. Yeah. I mean, you have to have a clear, uncluttered background. If it looks like you're taking a picture on your bed, no one wants it. You have to be professional. Right. You know, that's another thing with, I think, a, a brick and mortar storefront and, like with what we've been talking about, you're almost, you're not just doing brick and mortar. It's going to be a hybrid. You have to go online or else you're not going to make it. You need to be able to reach that. Oh, yeah. But I think it almost gives right. you a sense of legitimacy where you're not necessarily meeting someone in like, you know, some back alley um, in Detroit. You People, you know, hey, you know, let's go to Hype Stew. I got these shoes I want to sell. It's more legitimate. People feel more comfortable coming to the shop, you know, and, and while they're there, they might be like, hey, you know, actually, can I trade for this or sell this, uh, you know, a, a you know, different price, like in-store credit price, you know, get a little more out of it or whatever. I, I think that adds a lot. Yes, there's overhead with that, but I think there's a lot of benefits right. to it as well. I, you know what, and you're hitting a point where I know both of us have dealt with this. Uh, sometimes when I meet to get sneakers from people and I'm buying collections, I find myself in some really shitty areas and I'm looking <laughs> around and I'm thinking, man, I wish I had a storefront to meet these people at right now because this is uh, – you can't control. Sometimes you got to meet people in areas that you're not thrilled to. And it's always interesting meeting strangers to buy things from them. And I'm terrified of everybody I meet because I'm convinced they're all serial killers. And I'm sure that they're terrified of me because they think that I'm a serial killer. But most of the time, everybody's pretty cool and it works out pretty well. Yeah, I, I've yet to have like any really kind of like 
hairy moments. Yeah. Most people you meet, that's kind of cool meeting people because you get to hear their story. You get to talk to them, you know, and, and, and shoot the breeze. And it's cool. You know, I've met some people that I've bought stuff from multiple times. And it sounds like you have as well. You said you bought yep. stuff from, from the sure. same people over and over. And, and it's good. You build that relationship and you, you network because that person's going to say to his buddy, hey, you know, Craig will buy your shoes. I'll give you a fair price. And I, I think that's really important. That's, Not only you, you need that. You need that reputation. You need people to go to their friends and promote your business too, because that's, you know, that's all about, you got to build, 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 build relationships with people to where they're like, man, you're the only guy I'm buying sneakers from the future. And I'm going to tell my friends about you. And then all of a sudden you've got one regular customer who turns into five regular customers and you yeah. just keep branching out and you keep building. And that's, that's how you get your company booming, man. I, I got, I've got probably 10 guys that I've bought from more than three times, four times. They just, when they feel like getting rid of some sneakers, they hit me up and they know I'll give them a fair price and easy work. Yeah. You treat people right. I, I do the same thing. You have to, like you said, your reputation's worth everything. Um, let's see. We've got a question in here from uh, Susan France. How do you protect yourself while dealing with people you don't know? In other words, what safety precautions do you take? Um, now don't give them all up because you need to have, you know, an ace up your sleeve. Um, but what do you it's, do? Like, it's what real. kind of things do you do? I know what I do. This but I is hear the simplest way. This is the simplest way to do it. If you're concerned, especially Susan being a woman, uh, you know, it's a different atmosphere. Not to say that men can't get robbed or men can't have problems, but it's a bigger concern with women. When I meet women, I want them to feel safe because I know a lot of times they might not feel that way. Meeting another grown man, they don't know. I meet them at the police station. That's the best way you can do this. You meet them at the police station. Nobody's going to rob you at the police station. Nobody's going to do that. Half the times I'll get, I'll get guys who I want to meet at the police station or the public library or something. And, you know, sometimes they can't, sometimes, you know, they're not mobile. They can't make it to that area. And, you know, I'll, I'll meet them at a public place, but meeting in public in the daytime is 1000% the best way to do it. You can, but if you can meet in the police station, especially with the first time buyer, most of the times they get it and they want to feel secure too. You know, they're, they're on the same level. They don't know you. So yeah, they're, they're going to be cool with meeting at a police station as well. That's my number one safety precaution. Uh, personally, I, I think that that's the, uh, the way to go anyways. So. Yeah, I know uh, some areas down where I was at, they had special areas at the police stations where you could meet people to do like Craigslist right. lives and stuff like that where there's cameras, but 100%, I always try to meet in public places, um, you know, during the daytime. I've met people after I've dealt with them a couple times at their place, um, things of that nature. I've never met someone at my residence. Uh, I probably never would, but I would recommend, like Craig said, go nope. somewhere public. Um, if you're uncomfortable, bring someone with you, you know, tell someone where you're going, you know, have your phone with you and all those things. Um, just so if something does happen, God forbid, we know where you're at. And, you know, there's a way to find you. That's what, go ahead, Craig. But also uh, look at their profile. I yeah. mean, if you're selling through Instagram or Facebook, Look at their profile, and if it's a fake profile and they've got one picture with zero likes and 13 friends, block that message. I wouldn't even talk to them. I got plenty of people. If you come to me and you're, you're calling me from a burner account from Facebook, I'm not even, you know, I'm not going to meet you up. You got 13 friends and your, your photos got, you know, zero likes. And no, it's, that's a fake profile. You know, it's, it's too easy to get scammed. One of the biggest things with sneakers is, and I'm sure with uh, with any resale is people doing gifted transactions over Facebook and PayPal. Yeah. Don't ever do a gifted transaction to a stranger you don't know because it's 3% invoice on PayPal. 
That's it. 3% and you get buyer protection. If you are so worried about saving 3%, you probably shouldn't be buying that product because that 3% is worth it. And if you can do gifted PayPal transactions, you get the same buyer protection that you would get on eBay or through any store. PayPal's really good about that stuff. And I try to pitch that as much as I can. Yeah, I think every now and then I'll see people who want to do, hey, PayPal gift or you pay the 3%. I'm like, no, we're going to do this. You know, the fee's going to be what it is. I I disagree with that. I disagree when I go to a store and they say, if you use your credit card or debit card, I'm going to charge an extra 3%. I won't buy it. I won't buy it from you. I think that's ridiculous. They're writing it off at the end of the day anyways. Um, Another thing, like you said, you do your your detective work. Um, If you go on their their profile and like their hobbies, like kidnapping people, don't don't deal with them. I mean, I've never seen that, but just But I always do the same thing. I'm... I, that's a dumb criminal. <laughs> hey, trust me. If, if they weren't all dumb. There's uh... plenty of dumb criminals. <laughs> so if people want to spread the word about Hype Stew, how can they find you? If they, if they have shoes they want to sell, how can they find you? How's that work? Can you give us your, your, your pages so we can get, your, get the word out about this? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, first off, if they're old enough to be using emails like we are still, they can hit me up on hypestudetroit at gmail.com. And if they want to hit my Instagram, it's at hypestew, H-Y-P-E-S-T-E-W. And on Facebook, it's hypestew sneakers Detroit. And those are my primary pages, but they can also find me on eBay. I'd prefer that they didn't. So, you know, I can save that 10%. Those, yeah. You can just get to me somewhere else. Right. With eBay and PayPal, you know? Well, 10, right, 10% from eBay, 3% through PayPal. But, yeah, that's the uh, best way you can get a hold of me. And I appreciate you uh, taking the time to talk with me today. Uh, and good luck on this venture. I think you guys are doing a good job. I'm really oh, man. I appreciate you, you coming on. on so I'll, I'll put all this stuff in the, the, uh, the description so people can find you and link to it. And, guys, I appreciate you watching. Craig, it's been great talking to you. I'm sure we'll get up again here soon. But uh, anyways, guys, that's it for this episode of Badges the Business uh, with Hype Stew. So if you got any used sneakers or new sneakers that you want to sell, check out Craig at Hype Stew. And if you need to buy some, check them out. I'll probably go check them out and look at them and say, those don't fit me. They're not my style. And I'll go buy some uh, Skechers or something like that. Some New Balances. Hey, there's nothing wrong with New Balances and my knee-high socks, okay? All right, man. Well, it's been been great. Thanks for coming on. All right. Take care, buddy. All right. Take care.